0: The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. All
1: right, and we are taking the show on the road this week. I didn't make it all the way out to... Santa Anita, but I did make it down to Kentucky, and we are recording tonight from Globbers Sports Hunting and Shooting Recording Studio. That is a true story. So anyhow, uh, this is Breeders' Cup week, and it's going to be a great Friday and Saturday. I've got two great guests lined up for you. Uh, from the Breeders' Cup, I've got the senior communications consultant And that is Jim Gluckson. He's been on the show before. Jim is more or less the quarterback of all the media that goes in and out on Breeders' Cup Week. And if you've been following you know that there's been a lot of late-breaking stories. And then the man that is going to uh, take on the Breeders' Cup World Championships betting challenge, Matt Bernier. That's right. He was the young gun in horse players. Uh, He's going to be joining us. Of course, you see him a lot on the daily racing forum sites, a lot of times with Dan Ellman uh, doing the weekly video. Uh, he's out at Santa Anita, so he will be our eyes on what's happening, if there's any, any new stories breaking out of there. Again, I want to welcome a new sponsor, 123 Racing Pick 6. It's America's newest handicapping contest style. It's a pick six wager. 123 Racing is not like any other pick six. It's a $2 pick six with a twist. Win America's most exciting wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the pool. All you need to do is play at 123bet.com, and winners are guaranteed. And this month, they're guaranteeing $100,000 in payouts on the 123 Racing Pick 6. So play today at 123bet.com. One more time, that's 123bet.com. And here at Winning Ponies, we're going to have a little fun ourselves. Uh, log on to the, the uh, site, and we have a free contest. It's a Breeders' Cup Challenge. And uh, what basically you do is you're going to play every race. We're not just picking a trifecta on the classic. Uh, first prize will be 250 in cash, and then after that, you're going to be getting winning credits that can go towards uh, easy win forms. Uh, second place will get 75, third will get 50, fourth will get 25. Even down to fifth and sixth, you're going to get a winning ponies baseball cap. And uh, so entries are going to be accepted right up until noon Pacific time. So check your clocks, because we're going to be moving some clocks around this weekend. And it's one entry per person, but again, it's free. It is the Winning Ponies Breeders' Cup Challenge, no cost to you. And you might want to pick up some of those easy win forms. I had one heck of a win. Actually I had a good day today uh, at Aqueduct at Race 7. We nailed the uh, $554 Grand Slam. Also at Belmont last week, uh, the $1 Super Key on the 7th race on the 25th. We've also had some really solid winners at Golden Gate, Churchill, Santa Anita, and Woodbine. So uh, you want to, especially this weekend, get your easy win forms from winning ponies. So uh, the World Championship, it's going to be Friday and Saturday, a lot going on. And uh, big news coming out of the juvenile, and that is the fact that American Pharaoh. Has been scratched. Uh, this is a horse that, uh, as we said, Baffert used the F word. He said he was a freak. This horse didn't break its maiden, but came back in the Del Mar Futurity, pretty much going wire to wire, winning easily. Then came back again, went wire to wire in the Grade 1 Front Runner, so a dual Grade 1 winner. And they don't really have the exact. Uh, uh, analysis of what is wrong with American Pharoah yet, but it wasn't a breakdown. It just he came back from a work, and there was a little bit of lameness. As it appeared to be. They checked him out. They didn't see anything in the X-rays. Uh, but uh, Zayat Stable and Bob Baffert said, "Look, if he's not 101 percent, we're not going." So that changed the complexion, certainly, in the sentiment. Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and it'll be interesting to get Matt's read on uh, what he thinks about the horses. Uh, I'm sure that he's seen in New York, and I've seen in Kentucky, Carpe Diem, who's very impressive in the Breeders' for Charity, And then Daredevil, is he just a mud lover, or is he one heck of a horse? Both of those horses from the Todd Fletcher barn. But again, American Pharaoh scratched from the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Let's hope he's back on the road. Also, uh, Capo Bastone was withdrawn from the uh, Breeders' Cup, uh, it was announced by Eclipse Thoroughbred Partners uh, that, that he would uh, not be going. They, they said that he was sound, but he just didn't look like he was going right. And uh, he went to post 17 times in three seasons, 14 of those starts coming in graded stakes for earnings of $731,000. So Capo Bastone is out. He, I too, was a Pletcher trainee. And uh, in case you'd like to buy this horse, you can get him down at Phasic Tipton on Monday. He is going through the sale, November 3rd, down in the Phasic Tipton sale. Uh, now, speaking of scratches, we announced last week that beholder was scratched from the uh, was scratched from the breeder's cup. Now we're finding out that beholder is going to be scratched from the Phasic Tipton sale and is going to stay in training. So obviously uh, that fever that kept her from going in the Breeders' Cup uh, was a a setback, and they kind of thought it and said, you know, she's just so good and so sound and going so right, let's get her healthy, Uh, let's bring her back. So she is going to be scratched from Uh, The November sale, they're saying she needs between 30 and 60 days to recover uh, from that uh, fever. Now, again, we're uh, we're talking different contests here. Uh, Equibase has a a free $10,000 Breeders' Cup Handicapping uh, Tournament. So go to Equibase.com and check in on that one. Really easy, Equibase.com. They're going to have a Friday and a Saturday tournament. So... uh, A lot of betting action. Certainly you will be uh, playing yours wherever you are. And if you need to uh, uh, check up on it and you can't be at an OTB or a live racetrack, you can go to uh, HRRN uh, at horseracingradio.net. Of course, we had Mike Pena on a couple weeks ago. I know that he is personally out at Santa Anita right now uh, checking it all out. So they're going to have over 17 hours of exclusive coverage from Santa Anita with a Breeders' Cup countdown, and um, it's going to uh, cover, well, starting now, uh, Friday again, you can get it on horseracingradio.net. So it'll be several shows will be on Friday. Go to the website, and I'm sure it will give you all, all the updates of what's going on there. Hey, hats off to Jackie Julian Le Peru scored his 2000th a career victory down at Churchill Downs. It's going to be going under some major changes. I don't know if you've seen what's going on there, but they're changing the whole shape of the racetrack from the 16th pole to the finish line and expanding the uh, winner's circle. But uh, Le Peru, he's a 31 year old native of Saint Lee, France. Uh, he uh, it's really blossomed. I remember watching him ride as a young rider over at at turfway park, and he's really turned into one heck of a rider. so congratulations to Julian Le Paru. He has won six hundred and nineteen races down there at Churchill downs. Uh, Keelan uh, concluded their first race meet on the dirt surface. Some of those uh, numbers uh, were off a little bit, but they're saying that attendance was impacted by uh, consistent rain and cooler than normal temperatures on seven of the meets opening 10 days. So uh, I don't think it had anything to do with the changing of the surface. Nonetheless, Keeneland, always a place you do want to go to. Got some bad news uh, out of Kentucky Uh, Months ago, we were talking about the beautiful 2014 Warfront filly that Zenyatta had, and it appears that there was a paddock accident. Uh, She was uh, taken to the clinic, and it appeared that uh, they did not have a chance to save her. So sad to say uh, that uh, foal by Warfront out of Zenyatta will not be going to the races. A horse that went to the races, big time, is coming back home, and another one that's going to our friend Old Friends Farm, Silver Charm, originally retired to Three Chimneys before being exported to Japan, is coming back. He's 20 years old. I'm sure Michael Blowen is very, very happy to know uh, that, that he's coming back. Uh, he's going to join the, the likes of uh, Game On, Dude, who's recently retired there, um, you know, Gulch, uh, Belmont Stakes winner, Saraba. So uh, if you're ever in Georgetown, Kentucky, it seems like I'm saying this every week, you want to stop by Old Friends, say hello to my friend Michael Blowen. He'll take care of you. Make sure you see all these top runners. He does a fantastic job in, in taking the greatest care of them and all the way down to different ex-stallions uh, uh, and retired claimers. Um, they do a great job there at Old Friends. Now, Cairo Prince, you may recall that he was one of the favorites for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, he's been retired to Airdrie Farm for 2015. Um, He may have been the official um, spring favorite for the Derby. He had a standout victory in the Holy Bull. Uh, Just had amazing speed numbers. Uh, He's going to be the first son who looks to be a very top sire in his own right, pioneer of the Nile, uh, to stand studs. So he's a grade one winner, and uh, looks like uh, he's going to start him off at a very fair price, as they always do at Adrian farm, only $10,000. Also, uh, last chance to see Magician run in the Breeders' Cup, because he is going to be going to Ashford Stud shortly after the races there. And uh, quite a race record he's going to bring to the stud station there let's take a quick look at like last week's results we were really rooting for Periudes to get a win in the autumn mistakes he would have tied eddie Delahousse on his own grounds but it didn't happen though the the winner there was lexi lou the winner earlier this year of the queen's place she went from off the pace by one and a quarter lengths and then from there we went to delta downs uh track that usually delivers some top two-year-olds, keep an eye out now for Golden Actor, a son of Curlin, who ran away by four-and-a-quarter lengths, again, shipping up from Gulfstream Park. And from there, we went to Belmont, the bold ruler handicap. The winner there, Saludos Amigos, he said that at the wire and ran away by three-and-a-quarter lengths. And then one of the last big races at Keeneland of the year, the Haygard Fayette Stakes, Went to pick of the litter, a horse we liked at 7-1, made a tactical move into the stretch, and got the job done over departing. All right, that was a look at the races that we handicapped last week. Again, Matt Bernier from the Daily Racing Forum is coming up to help us handicap. But before that, giving us all the inside information from Santa Anita and the Breeders' Cup, Jim Gluckson is going to be with us right after we take this break on Winning Ponies. A There's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's up the... shot. got it with 2.8 seconds He's left to left. I don't care where they
2: put him. This one is out of here.
3: From high school to the pros, we, we, cover we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America's Sports.
0: And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track?
2: The 1-2-3 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 1-2-3 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
1: All right, and also with me, one of the busiest men in the world right now, senior communications consultant at Breeders' Cup Limited, Jim Gluckson. Jim, out at Santa Anita, I know you're jugging a lot of balls. Uh, Give us the highlights of what's going on out there right now.
4: John, thanks so much for having me, and thanks for your show. We do so much for the horse players in our sport. This is the greatest two days of betting in our sport, and we're very excited. Looking forward to the championships beginning tomorrow. Cooler weather is going to prevail, in the high seven, low middle seventies tomorrow. Maybe just only as high as seventy-three. Probably cloudy day, and Sunday, Saturday will be cooler for the nine races of the second day of the Breeders' Cup World Championships. The track has played fairly, though it's a lot different than last year, where it's a closers um, can get home in time, and the speed uh, can hold up at the same time as the best horse usually wins. Uh, in in this case, So I think everybody's delighted about that, and it's been a very busy time. Last year we had 96,000 people here over the two days, and uh, I think we can probably break that record. So I think it's terrific. they a third year in a row here at Santa Anita. Uh, so we're very excited and uh, a, a, a terrific better bonanza I would like to say over the next two days here at Santa Anita Park. Well, Jim, I've
1: seen you in person uh, run the show out there. I saw a video posted by uh, Jenny Reese yesterday. Uh, as they were announcing the, the scratch of American Pharaoh. I don't know if you got to see it or not, but you were in the background, and uh, I was almost going to FedEx you some uh, Valium today. I, I could tell you were just really going through a tough time as that interview was going on.
4: Well, it's disappointing. I mean, you had some scratches here from some of the favorites recently. I really, I thought I was, uh, had a better poker face than John. So, but, uh, but thank you for letting me know. We did this impromptu interview with Bob Baffert and he said he had some news and obviously we got it there, but I, uh, um, you know, it's, it's what, it's what it is. And, and, you know, you just, you better today than have something, that an issue happen during the race. And Bob was pretty choked up about it. He we really was looking forward to the horse running great. And, uh, it just obviously it didn't pan out that way. And you have, uh, you have a, uh, a, still a terrific race, uh, Carpe Diem, um, in there. And, uh, I would say, um, uh, you know, it's just still a terrific event. And, uh, obviously looking forward to, uh, to that and, um, yeah, the of in there. Yeah. yeah, either one of those, of those
1: could pop out to either be a one super of horse. And we see interesting what, what happened if shared control. belief. Even though he had to be on the shelf for a while, he ended up developing as an even better horse as things got older. Uh, um, real quick, Jim, I know you're, you're tied up for time, but uh, for our listeners, what are going to be some of the best outlets and times that they can get a hold of the Breeders' Cup over the next couple of days?
4: Well, as far as our as being outlets, I mean, uh, as far as wagering outlets are concerned, or just no, so, as far as being uh, as able as to listen television?
1: to it uh, uh, via computer or while well, watching it, uh, you know, uh, on television. Well,
4: NBC Sports, NBC Sports will provide uh, eight hours of live coverage um, uh, on 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 the network. Uh, first on NBC Sports, NBC NBC Sports Network, or S N and then NBC. Um there'll there'll be a total of, of eight hours of, of coverage from from uh, right on through uh from three to three o'clock in the afternoon out, out here until eight in the evening. Um uh, and on Saturday I should say three thirty to uh three thirty to eight PM, all coverage. The breeders Cup on Saturday, the classic hour will be from eight to nine. Um eight to nine PM. Now we will say this um, HRTV is going to show all the races but the classic, but please note that NBC will not be showing the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Affiliates, though. You can watch that on HRTV. There's a programming uh, scheduling change, uh, with that race. So please note that, that, uh, that's the case. You can also, also watch the races streamed live on Breeders'Cup.com. Uh, so that's, a, that's another place to, to view the races.
1: All right, well, uh, Jim, thanks a lot. I, kn- I know that you're extremely pressed for time, and you're under a lot of pressure. And I, I can imagine uh, that uh, by the time of, that everything's wrapped up and over on Sunday, y- your head's going to feel pretty good when it hits that pillow.
4: Yes, John. Thank you very much for
1: having me. All right, we've been talking with Jim Gluckson from the Breeders Cup. Uh, j- just so you know. Uh, some of the duties that he has is not only being the liaison uh, for all the media outlets, but Jim also heads up a team of outstanding writers. And uh, how it works is uh, each writer is assigned, I'll say, any approximately five horses. And every morning that writer will, uh, boots on the ground, go from stall to stall to stall and uh, Get the schedule of the horse, find out what he's doing, watch what that horse will do the next day, and then go back, interview the exercise rider, interview the trainer, uh, anybody uh, that uh, is associated with the horse where somebody in in the media uh, would want the, the information. Uh, it's it's not easy because as I said, anything can happen. Who would have predicted that uh, American Pharo uh, would have on such short notice uh, be knocked out of the race? So immediately they've, they've got to scramble, get that information out, and then see if any other developments have happened. Of course, we know that uh, Wise Dan and, and Beholder, some some real uh, he- headliners, have uh, have been knocked out of this year's Breeders' Cup and uh, it, it's awful tough when you're trying to stay on top of these stories and, and, and keeping them fresh. Uh, right now, let me go over uh, some of the uh, other information you may want to know about about the Breeders' Cup as far as the start times. And, uh, again, remember, it's a Friday-Saturday. It's going to be a total of ten races, but on Friday only four of those are going to be Breeders' Cup races. Um, and on Saturday, there will be nine Breeders' Cup races. Now, Friday's card starts at 11.25 in the morning Pacific time. So uh, you might want to figure out where you're going to go, where you're going to watch it, so you can get there a little bit earlier. Uh, the Breeders' Cup races will be on the tail end of the races on on Friday. So there are some undercard graded stakes races with some very nice horses on that. Then um, on Saturday, the racing begins with the Juvenile Turf Sprint Stakes, um, which uh, is the Grade Three uh, Kenny Maddie. And then the order of the Breeders' Cup races Saturday is uh, the two million dollar fourteen Hands Winery Breeders' Cup Juvenile Fillies. That'll be twelve oh five in the afternoon. The two million dollar Breeders' Cup and Mare Turf. 1243, the million-dollar DraftKings Breeders' Cup Philly Amare Sprint uh, will be happening at 121. Then comes the million-dollar Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. Then the $2 million Senient Breeders' Cup Juvenile, the race we just talked about. Looks like a great matchup between Carpe Diem and Daredevil. And the, uh, after that, the uh, ExpressBet Sprint the Longines Breeders' Cup Turf, and then, of course, we're going to wrap things up with the $5 million Breeders' Cup Classic. And again, I can't wait to get uh, Matt uh, Matt Bernier's uh, take on that. Now, don't forget, there is going to be a Distaff Classic Daily Double, so uh, you can start handicapping the, the final race of Friday and the final race of... Saturday and of course the Distaff with Beholder out we've got uh, Tiz Midnight in there Speedy Midnight Loot Philly who just ran second to Beholder in the Zenyatta Stakes. Third in the Zenyatta was Iotapa uh, who will also be running this race another speedster up front would be Bel Gantelet, and uh, the, the, the horses that really move up with, without uh, her in the race don't tell Sophia it was just an impressive winner uh in the spinster stakes rated came from six one by two and a half links. Joe Rocco will be there again and uh, uh that also opens the door to close hatches who was in the spinster and uh the uh just left a head scratcher. I heard an interview with Bill Mott, and even he doesn't understand. Uh, She did have her early turn of foot, but ended up finishing fourth. Uh, He's just kind of putting a line through that one and says, look, we're going to go back in there. And so uh, the horse is finishing for him. Don't tell Sophia. Also in here, Rhea Antonio at 15-1. to But perhaps the horse to beat? Could be a three-year-old filly going against her elders. That's right, untappable. We know she can get a mile and an eighth because she did easily in the Kentucky Oaks. Since then, her only loss against the boys in the Haskell Invitational, and then she bounced right back in the cotillion of the grade one at Parks. Now, you'll be able to parlay that race into the Classic, and it is going to be a Classic. Uh, you've got a lot of people right now touting uh and then you've got kind of your, your, without a doubt, headliner, it should be favorite, shared belief, undefeated in seven starts. Three-year-olds, though, believe it or not, historically have not fared well. Only AP Indy, I believe, who was favored as a three-year-old, won the Breeders' Cup Classic. So, uh, the historical odds are against shared belief, but I don't think that the odds are. I have to admit that he's uh, going to be awful tough to beat on that day, but you got Freaky Bayern in there. Again, Tonalist, I think, is on the top of his game. And let's not forget a little horse by the name of California Chrome that won two-thirds of the Kentucky Derby. All right, that's a look at some of the action that's going to be coming up at Santa Anita on Friday and Saturday. But the man I'm really looking forward to uh, talking to right now is Matt Bernier, and he's going to break it down for us as we go to the Breeders' Cup on Winning Ponies.
3: The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred.
4: They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. You're crazy.
3: (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth.
4: We ain't playing around here.
3: Voice America Sports.
0: And they're off. What?
2: The 1-2-3 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 1-2-3 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
1: Who's going to join us uh, this evening? Uh, Matt uh, I was first exposed to him on Esquire TV's reality s- series "The Horse Players." As you know, that we've had uh, uh, several of the guys that are on that show on, on winning ponies over the past couple of months. Uh, he's part-time real estate. Uh, with a name like Bernier, I thought he was a Cajun guy when I first heard him. It turns <laughs> out he's actually from, I believe, Western Massachusetts near the Basketball Hall of Fame, if I'm not wrong. But uh, he was one of the youngest guys ever to uh, uh, get into the, the National Handicapping Championship. And his style and delivery has uh, dropped the attention of uh, the guys at the Daily Racing Forum. And now he's a regular staff member. Matt, how are you?
5: I'm very good, John. How are you?
1: I'm, I'm great. I'm great. Hey, uh, familiarize our uh, listeners with, uh, with your background. I mean, did it start at the Great Barrington Fair, or how did you get turned on to the races?
5: It, you know, it was kind of an interesting thing for me. I was going to school. Uh, my college was one town over from my parents' house, so it was a very easy commute for me to go back and forth, although I did live on campus. One night I went back, and I just happened to be kind of kicking around. I, I stumbled upon TVG. I was a little bit interested in, in who dictated the odds, why one horse was eight to one, why one was three to one and those sorts of things. So, uh, I did a little bit of homework, a little bit of research, quickly found out that it was a pair mutual game where you and I are the ones that dictate the odds on the horses. And, uh, you know, I really kind of, originally it was the numbers and the statistics that really gathered my, my attention, but in time the horses themselves have kind of taken over things and, uh, you know, it was coming out of the T V show I needed to make a decision, was it, am I gonna to go towards the handicapping side of things? Or do I wanna go into maybe the training of the bloodstock sort of thing?
1: Well so far you've done pretty well. Uh you you've made a name for yourself, uh I don't believe they've renewed the the, uh, the, the show, and I'm going to miss it because I know myself and all my friends, we look forward to watching it every week. It was kind of neat how they zoned in on a different cast of characters every week and the the interplay between you guys because, quite frankly, that's what it's all about, in my opinion, Matt, is uh, this, uh, the, the Internet age. It's just too easy to sit at, at a home and do everything electronically. And I feel the lure uh, of the racetrack is, is being there, uh, the color, the sights, the sounds, the smells, and the characters that you meet at a track.
5: Well, and I think that's an interesting way going forward where, you know, we're always trying to figure out ways to get people to the racetrack rather than play from home where you're just sitting there, you've got it on your your television or your ADW and whatever it may be. And I think the tournament structure is a good way to get people to come together. And you do, you develop a nice camaraderie, whether it's, you know, I I can only go back to how we were with the horse player show, where if I wasn't in contention or I didn't have a chance, I wanted the guys that I was there with to have a chance or to have an opportunity late in the running. So I think it's one of those things where you do, you quickly develop that sort of rapport with fellow players and, and it's, it's kind of a fraternity or sorority you know, obviously we don't want to you know, leave out the ladies, but it's it's a family where I feel like it's a very close niche, close knit sort of uh, grouping where you, you can empathize with
1: one another. Well, you can empathize and you can have a ju- just a great time. It, it's a fantastic sport and to watch it in person that there's, there's nothing like it. And you're also there to make observations uh, on race day in the paddock and, The longer you do it, I've been around for a while, the little bit better you get back at it. And and I also think it it helps with your trip handicapping. It is it's one thing to go back and analyze it on video, but it's another thing to say, oh, my God, I got blocked in the <laughs> baseball. And you remember that a little bit more. It's in your heart. But uh, now this year, uh, not only will you be at the Breeders' Cup World Championship, but uh, it's the annual Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Because uh, I believe uh, that uh, what you're doing is going to benefit the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance.
5: Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. This year, uh, like you just touched on, annually, not only is the Breeders' Cup held, but the Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge is being held. I believe this is the sixth year that it's going to be held. Don't hold me to that, though. Um, and ideally, at the end of the day, what it is, it's a $10,000 buy-in. It's a live money tournament where 2500 of it is your entry fee. And over the two days, the entire card on Friday and Saturday, you have $7,500 to play with. And at the end of the two days, whoever has the highest bankroll ultimately is crowned the champion. And all of the twenty-five hundred dollar entry fees that are are put in, that is all paid out to the participants. So uh, it's definitely one of those few instances where you can look for a positive return, just based on numbers and and takeout and all that kind of stuff. Where you know, if you go in and you have a good a good breeder's cup, there's a fair chance that you're going to walk out of there with a with a healthy chunk of change. And as you touched on. I'm going to be playing where 100% of the proceeds, uh, if there are any knockout, would go to uh, thurbut after Carolina.
1: Well, we better get our teeth into the Breeders' Cup, because as you know this is the best of the best uh, out at Santa Anita. Uh, we've got the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, as I spoke earlier, there was a little study done recently, and as much as the three-year-olds look like the toughest horses in here, in, in my humble opinion, uh, history kind of goes against them. Uh, the only favored 2 three-year-old in a Breeders' Cup Classic to actually win several finished second was AP Indy. So Uh, shared belief is up against history, but I think he's up for the task.
5: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think overall, as far as a routing horse is concerned, and I have to stress routing because there's another horse in this race that I think is the overall most talented horse. I think as far as routing horses are concerned, shared belief is the best horse in the race. Um, my big concern is is twofold is one. I'm not thrilled with any horse at eight to five in a contentious field like we have in the classic. And two is I, I'm really curious to find out how much the awesome again stakes took out of him. Ideally, that final prep, you would like them to get a little bit of fitness out of it, a little bit of something. Then again, I don't think Jerry Hollendorfer was hoping that he was going to be three four paths throughout and really having to work to get to the to get to the wire first.
1: Well, um, in, in saying that, if uh, if I was to give you some money and say, well, at least the, even if you like Shared Belief, who you want to put underneath it? Um, I'm leaning towards Tonalist. I think this horse is really peaking, and I certainly don't think uh, a mile and a quarter is any problem with him. Who, who are your underneath horses?
5: Uh, you know, I, I've been, you know, my partner Dan Elman with the racing form, he loves Tonalist. He's been with Tonalist since day one. I think he's a really, really nice horse. Uh, I'm not of the uh, the uh, group that believes that he's a horse for course with Belmont because I thought his races at Saratoga were very good as well, considering the circumstances. Uh, and the horse that I put on top, I actually picked shared belief to be second. I'm going to get a little bit funky here. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a little bit out in left field. I pick candy boy on top. Uh, I look at it as though that Pennsylvania Derby, he was so, so far behind. And I know the inside was the place to be that day, but the track itself favored speed, which is why I think, you know, Byron essentially was carried around and he, although he, he ran fast throughout. I think that was, uh, you know, the circumstances played in his favor, whereas Candy Boy was a mile out of it, closed out, and the way that he galloped out, right along with Byron, uh, I I think he's coming into this again. Maybe he's not quite good enough or classy enough to run with some of these horses, but I know I'm going to get 20-1 to on him, where I'm going to get 8-5 to on shared belief. Uh, Dan and I have a little side wager between the two of us about who's going to be shorter odds, tonalist or California Chrome. I'm with the California Chrome side. I've never really liked Chrome in general as a horse, but I I think people that are throwing him out based on that PA Derby effort are making a very, very serious mistake because I think he's coming into this and I think he's really rounding back into top form.
1: Well, I've been a Candy Boy fan my whole life. He was my derby pick, especially when he was about 20 to 1, and all of a sudden that huge money came in from somewhere and uh, slammed him down to 9 to 1. I didn't feel as good about it. So I've torn up a lot of Candy Boy tickets. I'll probably have a save around of at 20 to 1, hard to throw him out. Well, of course, with Beholder out of the race, um, the uh, – the Breeders' Cup Distaff op- opens up some, some new doors, and, but it's still got some great players in there. Of course, horses that recently ran behind Beholder, but uh, don't tell Sophia coming off a huge effort at Keeneland. Uh, Close hatches just gave us a head scratcher. Mott wouldn't be bringing her if there was something wrong with that horse. And Untappable, I know she's a three-year-old, but except for when she went against the boys, she hasn't taken a bad step all year.
5: No, and like you say, I mean, obviously this race lost a little bit of its luster with the defection of Beholder. Hopefully she ends up being you know completely sound and whatnot. But, uh, look, I, I think you touched on a very important point with close hatches. Now, I, I don't think I, we know all about Bill Mott, Hall of Fame trainer, one of the best in the world. He wouldn't bring her here if she wasn't sound. It's just very difficult for me to forgive an effort that was so poor down at Keeneland. And maybe she didn't take to the track or maybe, you know, extenuating circumstances, whatever it may have been. It's hard for me to forgive that kind of an effort. Uh, don't tell Sophia. I think she's a very nice horse. The fact that she's reluctant or sometimes doesn't change leads at all down the lane is a little bit concerning for me. I know in her latest workout she changed on cue, but still, I'm, I'm you know, is she going to do that come game time tomorrow afternoon? That remains to be seen. Um, I, I'm a big fan of, of Untappable. I just think that she's very much so the horse to beat in this race. I think she's coming into it in very good form. All the workouts are indicating that she's breathing fire at this point. She's ready to go. Uh, and one horse that I think has a bit of an outside shot who I really never loved, but I think her last effort, you can give her an excuse, was Iotapa. Uh She loves the track at Santa Anita. She bled last time out, which is a little bit concerning, but I think she's going to sit a very nice stalking trip, and I think she should be able to get first run at some of the
1: closers. Well, it, it's, it's going to be a great race. I think you named all the players, and and it really looks like it could even be a riders' race because let's face it, tis Midnight, Iatopa, uh, Bell Gantry will be probably joining Close Hatches on the front end. Which one's going to be still hanging around uh, when, when when they hit the the quarter pole, the eighth pole? It'll be interesting, which uh, sets it up for for. Uh, just off the pace runner like untappable or uh, out of the clouds if you change leads don't tell Sophia. it just sets up as a great race
5: yeah no question i mean you've got quality from top to bottom and you just touched on another horse by i kind of oversighted with uh, with uh tis midnight the bob Afford horse that's up and coming and i think it depends on how you look at that race that they're coming out of the zenyatta did she battle back and really give beholder a bit of a fight at the end but was at the beginning of us realizing there may have been something amiss with Beholder because at the top of the lane, it looked like Beholder would win by 10. And the fact that Tiz Midnight came back the way that she did, I'm
1: leaning more toward the side that that was the beginning
5: of something being a little bit amiss with Beholder. But I wouldn't fault anyone taking a shot with Tiz Midnight.
1: No, I mean, uh, any time, my my older brother Bob always taught me that when when there's a Hall of Fame trainer in the race, whether it be D. Wayne Lucas or, or Bob Baffert, you always take an extra look at that horse, particularly when, for some reason, people are overlooking them and you're getting 10 to 1 morning line on tis Midnight. Well, I'm going to give my producer a heads-up break here. Uh, we're going to go to commercial just a little bit early, Michael, because uh, I really want to talk to Matt not only about the, the Breeders' Juvenile Boys uh, side of things, but uh, the breeder's cup mile with no wise Dan in there and that hopefully i want to pick his brain to see uh, if he's got any uh, long shot sleepers out there so with that said let's take a little bit of a break you're listening to the breeder's cup special on winning ponies the opening kickoff is a beauty it's a Shot. Got it! With 2.8 seconds
2: left! I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here.
3: From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
0: And they're off! What?
2: the 123 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across 6 races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
0: You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart.
1: All right, and with me again, Matt Bernier from the Daily Racing Forum. You can see him with uh, my friend Dan Illman on a regular basis, going back and forth, giving some of their uh, best weekend picks out. Of course, this weekend they actually uh, brought Matt out to Santa Anita so he can have his eyes on the prize. And uh, at Santa Anita, the Senient Jet Breeders' Cup Juvenile, it's a grade one, $2 million, a race that often stamps the future book Kentucky Derby winner. Uh, we're so sorry that the uh, the freak, as he was called by Bob Baffert, American Pharaoh, will be sidelined. Good news is doesn't sound like it's anything so serious that a little bit of uh, Mother Nature can't take care of it. It'll be interesting when he comes back. But in the meantime, we have uh, two horses that I think rise to the top, one that I watched just a couple weeks ago, absolutely cruise at Keeneland, Carpe Diem in the Breeders' Futurity, uh, with uh, Johnny V. up, who's sticking with him, against uh, a horse who d- appears to be a mud lover, but I'm sure that's not his only quality, and that would be Daredevil, a horse uh, that I know that Dan's had a chance to, to watch up close and personal, uh, not only easily breaking his maiden at six, but stretching out to a mile in the grade one champagne uh, Without a doubt, these two horses, you put them side by side. They're from the Pletcher barn. Uh, it looks like it's a win-win for Winstar Star, who invested in both of these horses. Um, and, and am I, I uh, in pace with you as far as these are the top two? Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess of the two, I'm still very
5: skeptical. I know he was brilliant winning the champagne. I'm a little skeptical about Daredevil, simply because there's, there's, a couple too, there's too many questions for me to take a short price on him the fact that both of his career efforts have been on wet tracks, and the fact that he's going two turns for the first time. Conversely, with Carpe Diem, I thought he was brilliant down at Caneland. Uh, the fact that he displayed that dimension of being able to sit a little bit throughout the first turn and overtaking the other horses that were overmatched down the backside, I think that's a big, big positive for him. He's got Giants Causeway on top. Distance is not a problem for this horse. I personally think of the two, I would be all over Carpe Diem over uh, a daredevil. That being said, I have Carpe Diem running second to a West Coast horse who ran in the front runner stakes. Very interesting. Tell us more. Uh, I just think, uh, obviously, you touched on American Pharaoh getting hurt, unfortunately, and coming out of the race. I look at this race and say there's plenty of speed, top to bottom, and the way that a horse called Texas Red ran, ran on in the front runner. I'm very intrigued. He's got a major dirt pedigree. He's got a Fleet Alex on top. His gallop out was really what caught my eye, and I know a lot of people don't like the gallop out, don't take too much into it. I'm a big believer in the gallop out. Uh, and, and having said that, maybe this is not going to work out for him on Saturday. Maybe, maybe now is not the time, but at 20 to 1 in a race that there's going to be plenty of speed, he's still a little bit goofy, he's figuring things out, he's a 2-year-old. Uh, I I think that he has a major shot on Saturday to get a piece. And I think going forward, going into next year, knock on wood, he stays happy and healthy. I think based on the way this horse has run thus far, I think he's got a big shot. And I made a bold prediction on on our DRF Players podcast the other day with Peter Fornithow that I I think he's going to hit the board in a classic
1: race next spring, let alone win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile on Saturday. Again, we're talking about Texas Red, not Calculator, the horse that finished in front of him. Exactly. I
5: think as much as I think Calculator is a very nice horse, I fear that we've seen Calculator's best at this point. He may need a little bit of class relief to really break through and finally get that maiden victory. That's something else to keep in mind about Calculator. He hasn't, he hasn't crossed the line first yet in his career. So in a way, that's a positive for him saying that he's run as well as he has against some of these horses. But as far as
1: potential is concerned, I think Texas Red has a world a world of talent. Well, I think there's another price horse in here that if you're going into your exotics... You might want to take a second look at and he's probably been overlooked because he's strictly been based at Monmouth Park, but that's super colossal, uh, who's an extremely well-bred son of Warfront out of a King Mambo mare, that tells me this horse ought to be able to run all day, including a mile and a 16th. What can I say? The horse has never taken a bad step. you got Paco Lopez in the saddle, came out to Santa Anita, and sure looks like he took to the track 57-2, and two, best of 42 last week.
5: Last time out, winning that stakes race at Monmouth, he was as professional and as impressive as you could ask for a two-year-old to be. Uh, my only concern with him coming out here, I don't question his ability. I think he's got a world of talent. I think the problem for him may be race dynamics and race shape, because I do feel like there's a fair amount of early speed signed on, even with the you know, with the uh, defection of American Pharaoh. That being said, I wouldn't be shocked if he runs a very good race out here. And if he gets uh, some sort of a winter campaign down at Gulfstream, I feel like that horse would fit Gulfstream Park to a tee. I would expect him big things going throughout the spring and leading up to the Triple Crown out of Colossal.
1: All right, one more head scratch I'll throw at you. In, in the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and that's the European horse. And we're going to get to see not one but two million-dollar babies in here, and that is the Great War, uh, who's really just won turf sprints, now he's going to stretch out, but let's not forget his uh, Aiden O'Brien is, is nobody's fool. This horse has uh, already you know, won races with 129 on his back. He's going to be dropping seven pounds, getting the Lasix the first time. Um, he, he's worth a look at, don't you think?
5: Yeah, you know, in our DRF picks, we, every handicapper and reporter for the forum, we need to just submit our top four picks. I picked the Great War to run fourth. Uh, I think anyone totally dismissing this horse is making a major mistake. Hayden O'Brien, for my money, is the best trainer in the world. Uh, and, and I think the reason that he pointed this horse here and not the juvenile turf is because if you look at this horse's pedigree, uh, I believe it's warfront war front on top and a pulpit mare on the bottom. Yes. And, 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 and to me, that screams going long in the dirt, not necessarily that, he wouldn't be, that he'd be ill-fitted for the grass, but I think this is a dirt pedigree through and through. And and I just think that you know what at a big number, Aiden O'Brien's not shipping his horses over just just for the fun of it. He's looking to get a piece. And and I think anyone throwing this horse out just because his form over in Europe doesn't look very good, he hasn't run a great race yet. Uh, I think I think he's got a big shot to at least hit the board. I don't know if he's got a
1: shot to win, but I think he's got a, de- a decent decent shot to hit the board. Well, w- with that said, let's move on to another very interesting race because of. Who won't be there? And that's Wise Dan in, in the Breeders' Cup mile. Uh, it, again, kind of like the, the the girls' race, uh, has opened the doors uh, to others. And, again, we have some uh, European invaders uh, that are going to be into this one. And then I think you've got some interesting price horses that that, that could be overlooked. And I'm just going to say, anybody that can run second to wise, Dan's okay with me. Uh, Grand Arch seems like uh, if you throw out his uh, woodbound mile where he's parked outside in the 11-hole and 11-horse field, the horse comes in with uh, three 100 or 100-plus 100 buyers. He's listed at 20-to-1. And then you got Mike Smith. Uh, he's nobody's fool. Picks up the mount on 15-to-1 Tom's Tribute. And Sayed was uh, only a neck behind Grand Arch, behind Wise Dan in that race. He's listed at 30-to-1. Am I crazy to be looking at all these price horses? Everybody's saying this Toronado is like the biggest thing uh, coming out of uh, Europe in a long time.
5: You know, I I guess I looked at this race, and as you touched on I mean, obviously, if Wise Dan had been here, this would have been a, uh, I hate to say it, single sort of a race, maybe in your multi-race wagers, but obviously he would have been the heavy favorite. Uh, I personally think Toronado is a very, very good horse. I think he's going to get the ground that he wants. I think he's proven over firm ground. He's going to get the six for Richard Hannon. Uh, And although Hannon's numbers in North America aren't very good, I think at some point you need to look at the horse visually and say, I think this horse is going to overcome that stat. Uh, and that said, you touching on those couple of horses, I think Grand Arch probably out of all the horses in the race, has surprised me the most throughout his campaign because I've never thought that he was that good. But he runs bang-up race after bang-up race. And if you're going to get anything close to 20-1, to 1, I think you'd he, be foolish not to, to consider him underneath, uh, even if you don't think he has a shot at winning. And I think it also should be noted that John Velasquez takes them out on that horse after coming off a wise dance. Um, my concern with Syad is, and Dan Ellman pointed this out when he and I were talking about one of his prior races, uh, I, I don't know that he wants to pass horses. Uh, I think he's best suited on the front end, and we know he's not going to get to the lead with a horse, like obviously in this race, who I'm, I'm expecting, you know, I, I would set the over-under with anyone at 45-1 for a half mile, because I think obviously he has one way to go, and that's straight to the front with Talamo. Um, but I think there's just, it's just—it's a very interesting race. Where, uh, look, I'm not going to fault anyone that wants to question Toronado coming over here or any of the other Europeans. But at the same time, I, you know, I, I just think anything really could happen. And I'll, you know, spoiler alert—it's not a race that I'm really looking to make a play in as far as the BCBC BC is concerned. Because although I like Toronado, I I don't really want to get too much into that because I think anything can
1: happen. Anything can, and my producers tell me uh, Matt Bernier from the Daily Racing forum that i 've got two minutes left, so in two minutes, let me pick your brain. Do you see any singles on the card for all oh, those of our listeners that are looking to make multiple wagers it 's breeders cup days, and it 's tough to find one, but in in, in mass size, is there the one or two that kind of stand out in the race?
5: Well, you know, for me, uh, unfortunately, I guess it depends how you look at it. Going into this week, I had thought in the Philly and Mare sprint that Midnight Lucky was an absolute stone cold single. I wouldn't have hesitated to single her on any of my tickets. Unfortunately, she's been, you know, she's been taken out of the race and she's been retired, which and it sounds crazy that I'm going right back to that race. But I think a horse like Lee Court, who she really impressed me down at Keeneland last time out. And I know she had some issues loading onto the plane. They needed to van her over because she was throwing a bit of a fit, but I'm just looking at it like she's going to be able to sit just off a stone tactic. I don't love Judy the beauty. I think that she's much better on synthetic than she is on dirt. I I just think that Lee Corey is going to sit a perfect trip underneath Gary Boulanger. And if she can get first run on the closers, the way this track, the main track at Santa Anita has been playing lately. I don't see any reason that she can't get the job done. We know she's proven at seven furlongs, which is a quirky distance for a lot of horses. I just think that right now, if I needed to, really forcefully make a single in any of these races, it would probably be Lee Court.
1: All right. Well, you heard it here first from Matt Bernier. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. I see my producers telling me it's time to go. Matt, thanks so much for being on Winning Ponies. I hope it's not your last time. And Say hi to Dan for me.
5: Thank you, John. I had a great time. Looking forward to next time.
1: All right, it's Breeders' Cup weekend. Don't forget, get your easy win forms and get in on the Breeders' Cup challenge on winning ponies. It doesn't cost you a thing, and you can go away with 250 in cash or plenty of winning credits. Again, I want to thank Jim Gluckson and Matt Bernier for being with us. Have a great Breeders' Cup weekend, everybody. This is John Engelhart reporting to you from the Glover Sports Hunting and Shooting Recording Studio. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
0: Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.